Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Grab some maple leaves and get ready for some Monday Night Football, a big Monday edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Not only is it Thanksgiving in Canada, it's also time to celebrate a little Honolulu blue and silver tonight on oh, Monday baby. Night Football. Forward down the field. We're not here to talk about that. Oh, That's a different different Sorry. podcast. A this, is, this is the Eastern Insider Podcast. We're thrilled to have you. He's Alex Jewell. I'm Greg Steiner. And a homecoming week that saw a lot of great opportunities. But more impressively, we get ready for Hall of Fame weekend this upcoming weekend, Alex. Yeah, it's a big week here at Eastern Michigan. Of course, we're excited to celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving. A shout-out to one of the GAs in our office, Alexis, who hails from Toronto, Ontario. Of course, the Lions in action tonight. But more importantly, all of the green and white that's going to be celebrated this week, really a continuation of the homecoming festivities. We introduced the 2019 Hall of Fame class this Friday night. It's going to be an absolutely spectacular ceremony. Uh, really a great class, including one person that I know that you've gotten to see play and you saw his whole career here as an eagle uh, when he was downing the green and white on the football field Kevin Walter along with some other great inductees that certainly have a place in eastern Michigan history yeah you look at Kevin Walter and what he was able to do on the football field a lengthy NFL career that saw him play in Houston saw him play a little bit uh, for the Bengals in Cincinnati as well where I got to see him Uh, but yeah he's back as well as uh, Ron Fernandez on the football side of things he'll go on in the Hall of Fame Mike Calhoun in track Morris Ellison men's track and then on the women's side Stacey Graham goes in on the volleyball side of things so uh, the 2019 class will be inducted on Friday night at McKinney Hall and then on Saturday they'll be uh, included in the halftime festivities to get them out here at the football game so a great time to come back and relive some of those great moments from the past. Absolutely. The late night football festivities uh, under the lights against Western Michigan on Saturday night. Greg, it's a really important game for the football team on Saturday. I know we'll talk a little bit more about that upcoming, but for some of our other sports, a big week as well. And women's tennis gets the week rolling on Thursday as they begin the ITA Midwest Regional over in East Lansing. They continue that through the weekend. Before Friday, we have soccer at Kent State and volleyball on the road at Miami. So they won't be able to join in the Hall of Fame festivities, but certainly a big weekend for them. And then our cross-country, men and women's cross-country teams, both are in Terre Haute, and they're going to be taking place uh, in the NCAA pre-national meet. And I know that uh, that's a pretty special location for our cross-country team uh, in the past. Yeah, John Godridge guided Boaz Chiboiguo to a national championship on that uh, turf there in Terre Haute. So they'll be in action. Best of luck to them. Uh, the men have 11 nationally ranked opponents that they'll be facing. Women will have 10. So that's uh, really good numbers that and test for them heading into the upcoming Mid-American Conference Championships. We also see uh, rowing in action at the head of the Charles there up in Cambridge, Mass. Meanwhile, the swimming and diving team, they get their season going officially in Buffalo taking on the Bulls in Amherst, a noon start there for Derek Perkins and his first-year guidance before we see some other teams in action. It's Bowling Green, the opponent for volleyball on the road, a 5 o'clock start at the Stroh Center uh, as volleyball tries to 
knock off some East Division opponents before coming back home next week. And then we round out, of course, the night with football under the lights. And then Sunday, we still have two more teams competing. Women's golf starts their final season series, and that will be in Florida at Lakewood Ranch. Well, they're open 2020 at the Pat Bradley. And then women's soccer wraps up the week at Ohio, a 1 p.m. start on the banks of the Hocking River in Athens. Putting a lot of travel miles on our teams this week, but like you said, we're going to have football here Saturday night under the lights at Rhinerson Stadium. I know you got a chance to catch up with Coach Creighton today to get his thoughts uh, coming off the homecoming game and into a really, really important Mac West and in-state showdown with Western. Yeah, we hear from CC just some missed opportunities that he talked about. Everybody looks back to uh, the Jackson catch that was out of bounds or the Dylan Drummond drop, but there's still other things that balance out. I mean, Jake Julian got away of magnificent punt, but almost had it blocked, so it, it evens out. But the Eagles came on the wrong side of the equation. How do they go about fixing those uh, changes. We'll talk to Chris about that and just kind of uh, how the tempo and decision to go with pace because everybody thinks you can just flip it on all of a sudden like that final drive and it's not always that easy. So we'll get his thoughts. We also continue the alphabet soup from CC to TC. We have TC Cameron on the show. Yeah, feature writer of recent uh, employment to EMU and he's been an EMU alum and a guy that bleeds green and white to talk about some of his untold stories of Eastern Michigan athletics uh, and preview some of his upcoming work that he'll have. This week, it'll feature Richard Palmer and a four-pick day he had against Western Michigan. Uh, We've already heard of his 16-16 tie or victory, as some still claim, against CMU, as well as uh, his most recent story uh, last week about uh, Genic's firework finale. So it'll be a good read this week as T.C., was in attendance over the weekend. Yeah, it was great to see the TC. The only thing I've been uh, picking up four of on a game day has usually been uh, Mountain Dews or slices of pizza in the in the booth. But it's been so great to have TC really back on board, helping us out with some stories this fall. For those of you that have been following, we've been really trying to uh, honor the 50th year of Ryan Nearson Stadium well throughout the summer and the fall. And in our walkthrough history series, TC has done a great job of illustrating some stories that I think some of the Eastern faithful know and and remember, but that everybody can benefit from reading. So if you haven't had a chance, make sure you visit emueagles.com. Take a look at some of that. And it's going to be really cool to hear a little bit of a, a teaser almost from TC this week and about his journey and really Shout out to TC. If you get a chance, take a look at some of his work. He's a fantastic author, and we are really incredibly lucky to have him helping us out here at Eastern. And then we'll also hear from Jason Wiseman. As you talked about rewriting history, he's trying to recreate history, bringing the tennis program back after their year away. Uh, You got to catch up with him, and he has to be ecstatic about what he's seen so far on the courts. One thing about Jason Wiseman is this. For those of you that don't know him or his story, you'll be able to hear a little bit of about it uh, coming up in the show. But he's a proven winner, and and he's somebody that very sternly has said since the time he's gotten here that MAC championships and more are the absolute goal for the Eastern Michigan tennis program, which is exciting because really a program that has had some really good success uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, has had some MAC players of the year, but has kind of been in a lull since then. And and Jason Wiseman uh, really wants to be the guy to to help bring them out of that. So we've got a lot of fresh faces on the team, but really exciting uh, tennis to come. The fall is a great time to kind of get to see them and before they'll take on their full schedule in the spring. 
couple uh, of great interviews coming your way. But before we turn it over to that, don't forget, also this week at Big Aloro on Wednesday is the coaches' luncheon at noon. And then, as we already told you, Hall of Fame on Friday night. But then you get an opportunity on Saturday. It's also uh, band day at the stadium. More than approaching 500 high school student uh Musicians will be in attendance performing their usual halftime festivities. Plus, it's also beer day. You get a special Charlie Batch commemorative cup if you want uh, to purchase that. Contact the EMU ticket office at 734-487-3669. And while you're at it, pick up those men's and women's basketball tickets uh, because I know the season's quickly approaching. Season's right around the corner. A lot of excitement. Rob Murphy, Fred Castro, the two head coaches of our programs, will start to join us here on the Eastern Insider Podcast coming up pretty soon. Of course, it's been a busy offseason for both. Castro putting together a heck of a recruiting class. Rob Murphy uh, doing the same with his rebuild, also releasing his book, Deep. And just one more quick thing before we head to break. Fresh off the uh, the press here, congratulations to Cassie Hout of Women's Volleyball. She was just named one of the MAC Players of the Week. She had a fantastic couple of performances last weekend. So, Greg, it's been a it's been a packed uh, opening thus far. We certainly have a packed show, and we hope you stay with us after the break. Eagles back at it this week. They get a home game inside the factory as they'll take on the Western Michigan Broncos on Saturday night under the lights at Rainierson. Joined now by the head coach. And coach, uh, homecoming week that was, we won't look back too far. We'll look towards the future. But you look at that game uh, and opportunities a couple different times between drops or maybe a call here or there that go the other way, but uh, thoughts coming off the Cardinal contest. Not everything was bad because you lose. That's just not how we do it, you know, and not everything is is uh, right or perfect when you win. We had a great week of preparation, and, you know, we really challenged the guys, you know, um, after the previous two outings, just didn't feel as though we had the energy and the, the passion and the inspiration that I believe you need to play play the game on Saturdays and um, our guys brought that. So one of the challenging great things about this game is it's really hard to win. And when you do, you've got to do a lot of different things right. So we prepared well. We had the right mindset and an emotional state. We turned the ball over four times, you know, um, and they we took it away once um, that you're not going to win. Um and uh, there's more to it than that. You know, we just talked about our poor percentage on third down conversions um, uh, and then compared to, to mm-hmm. Ball State, who was able to convert, you know, in their stop downs. And, um, you know, th- those two things would probably be the two most impactful red flags on on why we didn't win. So despite all that, we're down 23-29 with a minute and 26 seconds left, no timeouts and go down. And, you know, about half of Arthur's foot must have been out. Um yeah, and, I don't even say half, a small percentage might yeah, have been, yes. Yeah. So, you know, so we we're still uh, an inch or two from from winning the game, you know, despite the fact that our, we lost turnover ratio four to one and, and we're not converting on third downs and not stopping them. So we, uh, we're, we're sort of tunnel vision on, on the next one. Um, I believe there's a ton of football left um, and, uh, you know, we got to get better. 
it, certainly you, you said it. There's a lot of football in store, and just the way you've already seen the the Mid American Conference can cannibalize itself quickly is. Uh, Toledo falls at Bowling Green. We've already seen Ohio right now have some struggles. But uh, one of the questions that I know has asked, and and some people need to to understand the balance, is is tempo. You can't just uh, get up the line and and rush every play. You you also have to balance that time and, and tempo to make sure you're just not giving the other team ample amounts because you also need defense to to be able to rest and get their regroup. But how do you, as a, as a staff and a group, try to balance that when you pick up the tempo versus, okay, we're going to slow it down and, and really try to consume drives one versus the other? Well, I mean, there's it's a combination of feel, it's a combination of strategy, a uh, combination of um, the game the game situation. Our offense, we have the ability to go really fast and we have the ability to go really slow and we're going to need both of those. Um, what we believe is the best kind of tempo is to be uh, multiple in your tempo and, and to not be predictable. You know, if, if a team's going fast on every down, you know, the defense can get used to that and and we'll prepare accordingly. But it's when when you're catching people off guard or frustrating them by going slowly and then picking it back up that we think is the, is the most productive. Um, and, uh, you know, when we get into a good rhythm though, you know, there, there's no doubt we're that's when we've been at our best offensively is when we've got some tempo going tempo usually comes on the heels though, of, of, a uh, you know, a first down. Um, and so, you know, getting that first, first down for us matters. And then again, you know, being able to convert on third. You mentioned first downs, and one of the the things that stood off the page at me yesterday as I'm going through the stats is uh, 46 times on first down, you guys have been able to move the sticks once more on a first down situation. Uh, And I think a lot of it can be said for your quarterback and wide receivers for what they've been able to do. Uh, One of the particulars was during that first drive, you're able to move the sticks, and then you come right back and you able to get the big chunk play over the middle uh, with the big gain. Uh, what in particular has been is easier maybe about a first down situation? Is just you have the entire arsenal ahead of you and it keeps the defense a little more at bay? Yeah, obviously you've got um, all calls. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Keen spends, spends a lot of time um, thinking through our first down calls. Um, knowing that, you know, if we get four plus yards on first down that, that, uh, you know, we're, we're usually in pretty good shape. And I think that's a result of that, you know, and, and then just doing a good job of calling it and preparing our quarterback, um, to take what people give us. Um, and that, that's probably a huge part. Here with Coach Creighton, a few more minutes with him. You look at that Ball State game, two individuals in particular that I want a quick comment on. Chad Ryland uh, does what Chad Ryland does. Kicked a 52-yard field goal, ties his career high. Uh, a good day for him from a field goal perspective. And then Taran Rush, a career best two sacks that he was able to get, moves him uh, now to... 25th nationally in sacks per game, a guy that may not get as much credit as well as he may deserve. Well, starting with Chad, you know, it was a great execution on that kick. Um, great protection, great snap, great hold, and and uh, kept his head down and swung through. And uh, it was, it was a, an excellent um, field goal for us. I had uh, actually decided to do something else. And uh, a couple of coaches said, man, he can do it from here. And it's right. It was about a half a yard farther than we said that we were 
comfortable yeah. with. But, uh, you know, he, he clearly um, nailed that one. And uh, really, really, you know, pleased with Chad and how serious he is, you know, about his craft and about getting better. Can't miss extra points. Um, but made it from 52, so pretty awesome. And then Turan, you know, Turan has been just a absolute uh, perfect fit for this program. The minute he stepped foot uh, a year ago, January, really, really thankful that we'll have him for for three years. And um, you know, was a, a role player with uh, the productivity we had, you know, last year. But just knew that hey, this guy um, is a really good football player. He's a leader on our team. Um, he, he's the guy that, you know, his motor does not stop. He's got great energy. He's always positive and he's talented. You know, he's, he's kind of gone though from, Hey, everything that you do is, is sort of a plus and an extra and an addition to now, you know, he's the every down player, um, and, uh, needs to continue to increase, increase his productivity while still staying within the framework of what we do defensively. And then this week, an opportunity under the lights to get Western Michigan at home. Uh, it changes perception in a lot of ways because you're under the lights. You have to hang around the hotel a little longer. But there's also a little more something special sometimes when, when you come out for a night game. It may be guys think, oh, it's kind of like their old high school Friday night competition days. Yeah, it wastes a day <laughs> yeah. that we don't have a day to waste. But, um, you know, once you do get to the game, there's no question that uh, I think it it uh, reminds all the players of how special Friday nights were, you know, playing underneath the lights. And, um, you know, it uh, it just made, makes it more of a spotlight, right, with the, with the lights and the stage. And, um, um, yeah. I know you like your Saturday afternoon games, though. Yeah. A little no, no of both, yeah. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll – uh, We'll mix it up. Coach, appreciate your time. Best of luck this week to get Western Michigan. We'll catch you back up with you next week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. For all too often, maybe the Eastern Michigan history has been overlooked, but that's all starting to change. Joined by T.C. Cameron, who's been so graciously able to come on board, an Eastern Michigan alum, now turned uh, contributing writer to emueagles.com and and showcasing some stories that uh, maybe have been overlooked. Um, When I came to you kind of over the summer and with this idea, what was your first thought that went through your head? I think the thing that stood out to me the most was that Eastern Michigan has an incredible history of achievement for a school that A, isn't in the limelight, and B, doesn't command um, an awful lot of high-profile four- and five-star athletes. So when I think about Eastern Michigan and everything they've been able to achieve over the years, that becomes the incredible and remarkable achievement or point to for me to write about is that this is literally the school that the little school that can and does. 
on a daily basis. So that was really the message I wanted to drive home. You certainly breed and breathe green and white. Uh, your grandmother went here. Your Eastern Michigan connection runs strong and deep. You were just telling me on our tour today, you have her a diploma that Eastern Michigan Normal College gave out. And then you think, fast forward, you went here, your stepson goes here. Uh, EMU really means a lot to you. Eastern Michigan is where I became who I am today. And that, you know, obviously everything evolves. But when you think back to the moment you step on campus, to the moment you leave campus and the person you've become, that foundation and all those building blocks started here in Ypsilanti. So, yes, the connection's deep. I'm incredibly proud of my stepson for turning himself into a pretty proficient college student and in the time that he's been here. Uh, and that mirrors, I think, what a lot of Eastern students, athletes and non-athletes alike, uh, go through when they come to Eastern. So, you know, to be part of that connection with all of the alums of this school means a great deal to me. Well, and you look at your career path. You didn't come out a finished product. It's taken time to to figure out what you wanted to be. And uh, a writer now in the, the Annapolis, Maryland area that uh, one time official, but you were able to be in a lot of great moments and great places over your career. When you think about Eastern and everything that happens to you as a student and the opportunities you have, you realize that instead of going to a really big brand name school that has 35, 40, 45,000 students at any one time, if you come to Eastern, the opportunities that await you are so much greater. And so you leave um, with experiences that other students simply don't get to experience. So in many ways, it's like football and basketball players who aren't being asked to leave after their first, second, or third year to go pro. And they become much more polished. They have an awful lot of abilities that they've been able to refine. And like you said, you leave Eastern, you go into the working world, and you realize that Eastern prepared you in ways you didn't really realize when you were here on campus. Long TC Cameron, uh, you have written already three stories that we've seen across the website. It started with the 16-16 tie that Eastern Michigan had over Central Michigan. Uh, I beg to correct. Eastern defeated Central that night, 16-16. You were correct. Eastern did win that night. Uh, we've also seen uh, a story on Eastern's resurgence in the football field, uh, three Big Ten wins in three consecutive seasons. And most recently, earlier this week, the firecracker finale that we saw out of Jeff Jennick. Still a couple more stories to come. Uh, what's been your favorite moment or uh, conversation that you've had so far out of these stories? Well, this is going to be a, a bit of a tease, but um, I think the story that you and I talked about in terms of Diversity really stands out to me. When I think of Eastern Michigan, I think of equality and opportunity. And when you walk in the door here at Eastern, you're offered an opportunity to compete as a student, as an athlete. Um, you're competing for the rest of your life to give yourself an opportunity to succeed. And when we talked about the stories, obviously the on-field achievements, Charlie Batch coming off the bench as a third-string quarterback to throw four touchdowns, 
won on the last play of the game to beat Toledo. I think Eastern fans remember that. Richard Palmer's four touchdown or four interception night, including the last one going for a touchdown, that was a great night. But when I think of Eastern and people who have come to Eastern in or from a place of or orientation of minority and have taken on leadership roles as head coach, as an administrator, an athletic director, or president of the school, whether it be you're African-American, you're Asian-American, you're a female, whatever that place of minority orientation might have been, that's the opportunity piece and the equity piece that I think stands out to me. Eastern has been a national leader in that respect. And I can't wait for that piece to be published because Eastern deserves the acclaim for trying to do things different and trying to do things correctly. And I think that more than anything speaks to Eastern's commitment to Division One athletics and to equity and, and opportunity. I've been out, thrilled and excited that you've been able to take on this challenge and, and really help us tell some positive news because all too often in this uh, current environment, only the, the bad stories get told. People want to dwell on the negative. And then there is a lot of ways. There's so many stories that are still untold. If somebody's got a maybe a favorite memory or, or really a story idea, those are always things that you're looking and interested to hear, too, because I know you've already heard from a bunch of alums with, with great feedback, but maybe they have that next great story, too. I've probably heard from 20 to 25 alums, five to 10 coaches. I thought, uh, you know, former coach Jeff Jenick reaching out to me just a couple of days ago and taking the time out of their schedule. You know, he's at Northwestern now. They're in the dogfight every week in the Big Ten West. And he took the time to thank me for writing in great detail one of the great moments in Eastern Michigan's history, the 2008 victory over CMU. And that to me is maybe the tipping point for other athletes, other students, other alums, other fans to reach out and you know, contact me. If you have a great memory, I am all ears because Eastern Michigan is a school that has had unbelievable achievement. And it's just, unfortunately, in a news desert where the Ann Arbor News no longer exists, the Ypsilanti Press no longer exists, the Detroit News and Free Press are not as big as they used to be 20, 30, 40 years ago. It is fallen on your shoulders to tell these stories and I'm happy to write them and I'm thrilled that you'll distribute them. So please, if if you have a great idea and you're listening to this podcast, take the time to reach out to me or reach out to Greg and, and tell that story and put that bug in our ear because we are looking and listening and looking to write these stories. One of the maybe great next stories that is still fully getting written uh, is you and I just recently wrapped up uh, a tour of the new Student Athlete Performance Center. And last year when you were back for a game, it was uh, just a, a giant vacant piece of land. The team building was gone. Uh, you roll back in from the East Coast today. And boy, oh boy, Eastern Michigan campus is not quite what your father's Eastern Michigan campus used to look like. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, obviously I'm blessed to live in Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, on the campus of the United States Naval Academy is Ricketts Hall, which just kind of angles perfectly and looks out in the Annapolis Harbor. And I tell you that to tell you this, 
there's not a student athlete or prospective student athlete that is going to walk into that new student athlete performance center and walk out without signing with Eastern Michigan. That, that is just a powerful, powerful building uh, for a, a prospective student to walk into and consider going to school here. And it, it really it takes the consideration piece out and just says, where do I sign? It, it's just a phenomenal uh, building for Eastern to have constructed. And obviously, it is going to be the envy not only of the MAC, but of you know, dozens of other schools out there. Uh, I can tell you that that building already dwarfs what the Naval Academy has in its uh, offering for prospective student athletes from a facility standpoint. Just phenomenal. Kudos to the athletic department. Uh, kudos to president of the university and the board of regents for having the vision and, and uh, foresight to take on that project and build it and construct it and offer it for these student athletes. TC, I appreciate your time. Congratulations and on the, the stories. I can't wait to read more. And more importantly, thank you for everything you've done. I know over the last 20 years that I've been here at Eastern, you've been a great sounding board and mentor for me. And I can't wait to, to see what continues to be in store. All day long, eat tough, go green. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. We're lucky to be joined now by head tennis coach of the Eastern Michigan Eagles, Jason Wiseman. We now have uh, tennis back on campus and the team's gotten underway here in the fall. Coach, it's interesting because not a lot of listeners maybe know you or your team. So let's start with talking just a little bit about yourself. Just give us a little bit of, of your background in the game of tennis and how you ended up here at Eastern. Uh, well, I came here from uh, University of Evansville, uh, which was actually my first uh, Division One head coaching job. Uh, I was there for two years. Uh, you know, turned that program around. Uh, we had a, a nine-win season my first year there, and we ended up, uh, you know, with significantly more the second season, uh, and had a couple of ranked girls. Uh, so we had a had a nice program there. You know, before that, I had stops at uh, Wright State uh, for a year, and then Bowling Green for three been a teaching pro since you know my senior year of high school uh, so i've been around the game for a long time i uh, was on the tennis team at ferris state for a year uh, which obviously here in michigan is a you know, d2 powerhouse uh, so we had a but nationally ranked team when, when i was there uh, yeah so a lot a lot of good players have come through there and we actually have quite a few uh, division one coaches uh, now that are starting to pop up in the ranks uh, who are you know, former teammates or, or guys who uh, you know, followed me and uh, in, in my group of, of players there. Well, I don't know about uh, our listeners, but I certainly understand and know uh, well the the GLIAC tennis uh, powerhouses that are. I mean, Coach, you're a Ferris State fan and obviously play on the team, but I'd, I'd probably say that uh, my Timberwolves at Northwood oh. are really the, the tennis uh powerhouse of the GLIAC. But nonetheless, talk about your team makeup this year. You have a couple of players that are returning from the last team that we had here, but really you've got five girls that are seeing the courts for the first time at Eastern Michigan and, and have really made a hard transition, but so far are doing well. You've won more matches in each tournament you guys have played this fall. It looks like 
uh, they're starting to get comfortable. So just give us a little bit of a rundown about about your lineup and who some of the key veterans are, but some of the new uh, the newcomers as well. Yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of new faces on the team. Uh, Marie Mayorova uh, is probably the, the highest profile name on the team. Uh, you know, she's coming back as a senior uh, leader. You know, she's been number one, number two singles player, number one doubles player on the team for almost her entire you know, time here at, at DMU. Uh, she's you know, got a lot of a lot of great leadership skills and, and has really uh, stepped up her game. She went from being the the lone junior on a, a team of mostly seniors before to to being the by far the the elder statesman. Uh, and so she's she's done a great job of kind of helping to to get the girls acclimated to playing college tennis and and what our practices and and our uh, schedule on a daily basis are. Uh, you know, our other returner is uh, Natalia Regalado uh, from Spain. Uh, she came in as a freshman in January, uh, my first year. Uh, played almost exclusively at number five singles uh, and, and did a really good job for us as well. Uh, and played you know, some uh, number three doubles uh, in, in and out of the lineup there. Um, she actually had a, had a great weekend this past weekend, making it to her singles final. Uh, and, you know, we're going to count on her to, to hold down a spot in both both singles and doubles. Uh, and then we have one returner from last year, uh, a walk-on Essence Eaton. Uh, she was from Southfield. Uh, she's a lone American. Uh, so get, get a little get a little American flavor on the team. Uh, you know, she's, she's doing really well uh, with the new group. Uh, I, I think they've helped push her, uh, and she's getting better every day as well. Uh, and then we've got a lot of a lot of fresh faces, but no fresh men, uh, which is, is kind of an odd uh, happenstance. Uh, so we did have a couple of transfers. Uh, we got Vasavi Ganesan. Uh, she's a junior college player, uh, played at uh, ABAC and Eastern Florida State College, and was ranked as high as you know, five in the country. Uh, for for National Junior College, uh, she's from India, former India uh, National Junior Champion. Uh, she's one of our, our two uh, one-handed backhand girls on the team, which is, is pretty rare in women's <laughs> tennis. Um, but yeah, she, she brings a lot a lot of experience both in the international uh, tournament competition as well as playing uh, at the college level. Uh, and she's played against some you know girls that have gone on to play you know Big Twelve, Pac twelve uh, tournaments, and you know making making the tra- transition from. Uh, from junior college to you know, Division One, so she brings a lot of good experience for us. And then we have one other uh, NCAA transfer uh, came to us from a Division Two school, uh, Julia Piatic. Uh, she actually played for a mentor of mine last year uh, at Salem University, uh, Todd Tucker, who is the, the brother of Ohio State's Ty Tucker, uh, who I worked for at Wright State. Uh, you know, I her coming in, uh, she knows my system of doubles uh, and singles. is an incredibly hard worker and, and an excellent student. Um, yes, yeah, I expect her to, to make big contributions. You know, probably near the top of our doubles lineup, um, and then you know somewhere along the line in singles. Uh, but her her attitude and work ethic is, is definitely uh, contagious, and, and it's excellent to have someone like like her helping you know with a with a new group of people. Talk a little bit about uh, the fall season for those that don't know uh, at the collegiate level here that there's some fall tournaments that get played and then obviously a more hefty schedule coming in the spring. But these tournaments are important. These matches are are counted and important. So what can it do for kind of a in a way, like you said, it's a weird dynamic because I don't want to say young, but. Also, a little bit young team. You've got some inexperience at, at this level, but and, and in the MAC play at Eastern, how important has it been to get out on the courts this fall and get a little bit of tennis action to really see where you guys are at? 
Well, the fall tournaments are actually incredibly important, you know, from the coaching staff's perspective. Uh, you know, you can see them play and practice every day, uh, and you play differently against your teammates. Uh, some days you're gonna, you know, the number six player on your team can beat your number one just because of the it's it's completely different dynamic in terms of the focus and and how how you're working during practice and when you see somebody every day uh, when you're taking on you know competition that's outside of your own team and, and particularly when we're playing tournaments where we have to see mac opponents uh, it's a great time to evaluate where we are at you know realistically uh, in terms of our, our progression and, and where we want to be you know peaking when it comes time for, for you know, april when we get into our mac schedule and the mac championships uh, and then also getting a chance to you know compete against some other teams that we may not uh, be able to get on the schedule. And great example, when we went to Purdue, you know, we got to see the players from Purdue and Louisville uh, and DePaul, you know, all teams that we don't have the opportunity to get on our schedule this year. Uh, but, you know, excellent, uh, excellent players uh, for us to compete against and to kind of measure ourselves. So when you think about uh, Eastern Michigan, obviously everybody listening knows that it's a great championship history, uh, especially at the MAC level, but also on the national scale. By far the most MAC championships uh, in of anybody in the conference, but tennis hasn't necessarily been part of that conversation uh, too much in the past. But you're a proven winner; you've won everywhere you've been at. And I know, just in our personal conversations, correct me if I'm wrong, but is your expectation here to to build a MAC contending team? I think that's that's every coach's expectation. Uh, I know it is. You know, of all the other head coaches here at, at EMU. Um, you know, I, my goal is is to build the program back. Uh, you know, we did a good job our, our first year here, uh, myself and, and our previous assistant, uh, of turning around a team that went you know five and six wins the two previous years, and, and being able to post uh, you know sixteen win season our first year. Uh, you know, the long term goal is is obviously MAC championships. Uh, you know, our goal with coming back especially with such a young team is to be competitive uh, this year. We want to qualify for the Mac tournament, obviously. Uh, but you know, the last time uh, Eastern team uh, won the women's Mac championship was 2001. Uh, you know, we've, we've had a, a good pedigree of, you know, Mac championships in the past, uh, you know, Mac players of the year. We've had several uh, from Eastern. Uh, so, you know, over the next four years, we, we'd like to see you know, ourselves competing for, uh, you know, Mac championships at the very least, you know, getting ourselves to the finals of the tournament and, and giving ourselves a chance to, to bring home a trophy. Well, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Wiseman, the head coach of the Eastern Michigan tennis team. We hope that you can come out, whether it's this week at the ITA Midwest Regional in East Lansing or hopefully in the spring to see our ladies in action. And uh, until next time we talk, Coach, I want to say thank you and good luck this weekend. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week.